Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. We'll be looking at the fall tonight. This world is broken. You can tell it from our prayer list. Our bodies fall apart. And there is sickness, there is disease, there is death, and there is sin. Um, And we look out at the world, and we can even look at ourselves, and we see sin. Uh, It's easy to look at the, the news and point to what's going on in the world, in politics. It's easy to look at murder rates in cities. It's easy, as, it's easy to look at, at um, drug rates and things like that and point to the outside. But the same sin that causes all the havoc outside is in us. And each one of us is intimately acquainted with his or her own sin. We all struggle We all fall, and we need Jesus. It didn't used to be that way. Before the fall, when God created everything good, He created it to be a paradise for man and woman to live together in harmony. Where man and woman, Adam and Eve, were together there, naked and unashamed. And yet, it did not last long. Tonight we'll look at Genesis chapter 3 in its entirety, and give an overview. And next week we'll look specifically back at verses 15 and following when we look at the curse. But tonight we're just going to get an overview of of the story of what took place that broke this perfect world that God created. Let's look at our text beginning in Genesis chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman... Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that When you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and they ate. And the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But when the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman who you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the fruit, and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. Your belly shall go on your belly you shall go, the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the tree of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes, not in the way that Adam and Eve had their eyes open. We pray that you would open our eyes to see how glorious and how good you are. We pray that you would help us to see life on your pages that you have spoken out by your very words. Father, help us to take this message to this community. Help us to be a witness to the children who are playing outside our building. 
Help us, Lord, to be a light in this community, to lift up your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it begins with the serpent. The serpent being more crafty than any beast in the field that the Lord God had made. Um, Seems odd. It seems odd to us to have a a talking animal. And for some reason, for this reason, many in in past and even now um, dismiss this story as some kind of a, a myth because of this strange thing. Well, we know animals don't talk. But the truth is, the world today is not like it was then. This is, this is a new creation that God had just made, and we shouldn't expect everything to, to be according to the rules we know today. Plus, this is not just any serpent. We know from, uh, from New Testament revelation that this was the serpent of old. The same serpent, the same enemy who came and tempted Jesus in the wilderness. This was no, not just any serpent. I believe that this was the devil himself who came and tempted Eve. Adam and Eve. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. There we begin with the root of that very first sin and the root of all of our sin. Did God really say? He began with an attack on God's Word. And and every sin that we commit... is rooted in that idea. We are tempted not to believe what God said about something. If we're tempted to to pride, we totally put it out of our mind that God says not to be proudful, that He he puts down the prideful and He lifts up the humble. When we're tempted to, to hatred, we totally put out of our mind what God has said about hatred, about violence, when, when God tempts us to, to steal, or not, not God, when someone, when we, were, when we feel tempted to steal or any other sin, we totally put out of our mind what God has said about it. Or we say, well, yeah, I know God has said this, but it'll be okay just this once. This first sin was the root of all of our sin. Do we believe what God has said? The serpent said, did, the, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat any, of any fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Notice something about Eve's response there. She adds to what God had said. God had said, you shall not eat from the tree in the midst of the garden. And Eve adds, neither shall you touch it. Now, 
Again, this is a distortion of God's Word. Maybe, you know, maybe this was recorded um, privately among God and Adam and Eve, but not recorded here in Scripture. But I, I think if that were the case... Moses wouldn't have made a big deal about it. And, and as he was writing it down, I think it's clear there's a difference here between the words. These words are inspired scripture. So, so the fact that the words that Eve reports are different from those that God had said earlier in chapter 2 should tip us off that there is even now a distortion of God's word. It's a half-truth. And so oftentimes we are misled by half-truths. For example, let's, let's take the, the prosperity gospel that talks all about Jesus and talks all about the Holy Spirit. And yet, there is an insidious underbelly there that, that departs from the truth of God's Word. It's a twisting of Scripture. And it's a, it's a temptation that, that that serpent gave to Eve to, to view Scripture in a way that was different from the way that God has said it. Verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For, the Lord knows, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Again, he attacks God's word. He says, you won't surely die. Oh, God, what? God was lying. Right? You won't surely die. Oh, God just said that because he knows that if you eat it, you'll become like him. And God doesn't want that to happen. See how crafty the serpent was. And how crafty and cunning he is when he comes to each one of us. Oh, you won't surely die. So when Eve saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. The temptation that began with challenging God's word brought about fruits in their behavior. They were tempted to doubt God's word and because they were tempted to get doubt God's word they transgressed. They crossed the line. God had made a boundary and he, they crossed that boundary. They partook of this fruit. They thought, oh, this will make me wise. This, this is good. It's a delight for my eyes. And they believed something that was false. As Romans said, they Exchange the truth of God for a lie. 
and they ate. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both were opened. Isn't it true? That moment they sinned, what happened? They realized what they'd done. It, it dawned on them, oh my goodness, I can't believe what I just did. And it isn't that way we often feel when we sin. I know I'm not supposed to do this. I've told God I'm not going to do that again. And then when we go there, like, how did this happen to me? <laughs> how did this happen to me again? Their eyes were opened. They realized the situation that they were in. Their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked. Chapter 2 ends telling us the man and the, the woman, they were naked and they were not ashamed. There was perfect harmony between them. There was perfect trust between them. They, yes, they were naked, but... They had no concern about it because there was a perfect environment of trust. And the moment that they sinned, their eyes were opened and they they began to feel shame. They began to need to cover themselves. It says, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. They tried to cover their own sin and what they could do by their own efforts, by their own ingenuity, could never cover their sin. They could never cover their shame, never cover their nakedness. Verse 8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of, God, of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Not only did they realize they were naked and they tried to cover themselves from one another, but they hid from God. They tried to hide from God. The God who made them, the God who made the universe, who knows all things, they thought they were wise. They thought their eyes were open, and yet they tried to do something so foolish as to hide from God. (coughs) To hide from God. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? We can ask, why would God ask a question like that? He knows everything! God knows everything. Why does God have to ask Adam a question? Of course, the answer to that is he was asking so that Adam would know where he was. He asked Adam, where are you? And Adam realized, I'm not where I should be. And he said, that's Adam. I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam realized where he was. He realized that he had heard the sound of God walking in the garden. But you know, before the fall, before this incident had occurred, 
Adam and Eve lived in perfect harmony with God. There was no reason for them to be afraid. And this sin of partaking of that fruit entered into the world a shame where people hid themselves from God. Just like Romans again tells us, what do we do with our sin? We suppress the truth. We suppress the truth in unrighteousness. We know what the truth is. We know who God is. We know we're born with the knowledge of God. And we suppress it. We push it down. We say, I don't want to believe it because if I believe that, that means it has, it has consequences for the way I live my life. And God said, who told you you were naked? Again, God didn't need to ask this question. He does it for our benefit as we read it. He does it for Adam's benefit. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? God knew the answer to that question. But he's, he's pinpointing Adam's sin. And the man said, the woman who you gave to me, she gave me of the fruit of the tree, and I ate. So what's he do? He says, it's her fault! It's her fault! And there the blame game begins. We never want to take responsibility, do we? We sin. We get caught. What do we want to do? Each one of us. It's not my fault. It's that other person. If they weren't around, I would have never... I'm smarter than that. I would have never fallen into that, but no, no, it's that other person's fault. God goes to the woman and He says, what is this you've done? She does the same thing. Well, it's the serpent! It was the serpent! It's His fault! He deceived me! It's true! But again, she's shifting the blame off of her own responsibility Say, he was the serpent. He deceived me. It's not my fault. And God said to the serpent, verses 14 to 19, we're going to look at next week. I'm going to read over it quickly just to remind us. God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and above all the beasts of the field and on your belly you shall go and the dust, of, dust you shall eat on the days, all the days of your life. I will, put, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So we see there's a curse upon the serpent. To the woman he said... I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing, and your pain shall in pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And so here we see on the woman the curse brought in pain in childbirth, and also a distortion of the relationship between man and woman. There is a distortion between that relationship that would never be the same. A, a, a woman, would her desire would be for her husband and he would rule over her. I think that, that means that uh, 
In God's design, God has created man to be an authoritative person within the family. And, and, uh, and so I think as a part of the fall, you have a, a woman trying to um, supplant her husband's role as the leader in the family. And at the same time, you have husbands who are uh, abusive and authoritarian, authoritarian and rule over in abusive ways. And we see this as a distortion that was brought about by the fall. And Adam said, and to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So, we see there the curse there, the consequences of the curse that, that men bear the brunt of here is a curse on the ground that, that no longer will just the good plants grow, but now thorns and thistles and it will take much more effort and work and labor and toil in order to, to grow the crops for survival. Verse 20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Interesting here. Eve didn't get her name until after the fall. <laughs> He's called, she's called the mother of all the living. Uh, there's a tie-in that we can, we'll talk about more next week. But remember, what is... What is uh, what does the curse say? In, in pain and child, in pain and toil, you, you'll give birth. And after that, God or Adam calls his wife Eve because she's the mother of the living. Verse twenty-one. And the Lord God made for Adam and and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. That's significant, right there. What happened when their eyes were open? They realized they were naked and they covered themselves with fig leaves. They tried to sew fig leaves together to cover themselves and it could never do it. What happened? God then took garments of skins and clothed them. What was insufficient when Adam and Eve tried to cover their own sin, cover their own nakedness, God was able to cover sufficiently. God provided for them animal skins and made them Himself to cover their nakedness. And what was this made out of? Animal skins. I think this prefigures the fact that in order for them to be sufficiently covered, there had to be a death. There had to be a sacrifice. Some animal died so that the skins could be used to cover the nakedness of the man and the woman. And so here we see that God, much emphasis has been given to verse 15 in the curse on the, about the, 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 
the uh, seed of the woman that would someday come and crush the serpent's head, but we also see how God provided for a covering for their sin, a covering for their shame and nakedness by providing for themselves with a sacrifice. They had to be covered. They had to have the clothes that God gave them. Verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, The man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. Here we see grace. God saw, it tells us, that Adam and Eve had become like one of us, he says. They have eaten from that tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And he gives a grace by not allowing them to partake of the tree of life. If he had not driven them out of the garden if they had been able to stay there in the garden with access to the tree of life, they could eat of that tree of life and be able to live continually and never coming to know their need for Him. They, they would just, by being driven out of the garden, all of humanity then experiences the reality of death. And and it points us and it drives us to the need for a Savior. If, If Adam and Eve had been allowed to stay alive, they could have been self sufficient. They could have just kept on living and thought, who needs God? But it was a grace that God drove them out of the garden. Verse 24, he drove out man and east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now let's look at the big picture of the story. God had created a fabulous garden. He had created a place that provided for all of human needs. There was perfect paradise. There was no sin. There was no sickness. There was nothing. And the serpent came to Eve and tempted her by twisting God's Word. And she partook of this fruit, the one that God had commanded her and Adam not to eat of. Their eyes were opened and they were filled with shame, a shame that we all experience We all know what that shame is like. And we all need the Gospel. We all need to be clothed. There is one sufficient means for us to be clothed. And it takes a sacrifice. We see that from this text. God took an animal and slaughtered it and clothed Adam and Eve. 
This points forward to the fact that one day God took His own Son and put Him to death on a cross so that we could be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. God gave our sin and put it on Jesus and He took the righteousness of Christ and puts it on us. We could never, ever achieve by our own works, by our own efforts, sufficient covering for our sins. But God in Christ makes a way that we can have no shame any longer. Where we can be perfectly washed clean. And we have the righteousness of Christ. Even here as we look at the fall, this darkest chapter of the Bible, we see grace. We see how God did not leave us in our sin, but while we were yet sinners, God made a way for us to be saved. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.